Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast, the podcast where real estate investing and pleasure meet. I'm your host, Monique Hom, and I'm here with a really special, incredible guest, Gina Lofton. And I'm super excited to have her here. She has an incredible rags to riches story, and that's no um, no exaggeration. And she's really a wonderful example of um, how having the right financial literacy can make an incredible difference. And it doesn't matter where you come from, you can create anything. She was abandoned by her parents as a child. She was homeless and eventually grew up in foster care. And through that experience, it taught her that financial literacy is one of the major problems in the world today. And she learned true financial literacy. And despite her humble beginnings, she is now financially free. She she worked at um, several corporate jobs, and now she spends her time traveling around the world, speaking, investing, and overseeing her assets, which consists of over 4,000 residential units, oil and gas investments, assisted living facilities, a resort in Belize, an online business, natural resources companies, and um, she's an AT&T shareholder. She used to work for AT&T. And she is passionate about helping others achieve financial independence like she has. She's the founder of Passive Income Advisors, and which created the Financial Freedom Formula, it's an e-learning training program, and she's going to talk to us a little bit more about that. As well, she's the author of the book, Escape from Madness, Ten, The Ten Steps to Get Out of the Rat Race, which provides readers with the exact steps that she took to become financially free. So excited to have her here with us. Welcome, Gina. Well, thank you so much, Monique. Really, really glad to be here and hope to provide as much value as I can to all of your listeners today. Great. I, I know you will. You have an incredible story. So tell us, um, tell us more about your story. I mean, how did you go from being a foster, you know, like being a, a foster child to now being where you're at today? So how did you get started? How did you gain financial literacy? Yeah, so I think um, many of us started with that little purple book, um, and it mm-hmm. was the same for me, uh, which is uh, Cash Flow, right, or Robert Kiyosaki's, um, you know, um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then you played the game Cash Flow, right? So I basically started the same with the same tools, um, and I read that little purple book. I had always had incredible roles in corporate America, I'm working for some of the, you know, leading Fortune 100 companies across the globe. I loved what I did. Um, So I was really fortunate that I had really good jobs. But let's just back up a little bit to me being homeless, right? So when I was a young girl and my parents were unable to take care of any of their kids, we grew up on the streets and subsequently in foster care, and I was always you know, I always wanted to have a home, right? So for me, yeah. it was just never wanting to depend upon anyone, right? Whether that is a job, a man, the government, or a, whomever, or a roof over my head. So 
I had to figure it out. And at this time, there wasn't an internet, right? I mean, we were still using encyclopedias. You know, this was before <laughs> there was a Google. <laughs> I know it's you know, probably hard to believe for many people, but there was once upon a time, there was no Google. So you had to kind of, <laughs> you know, figure things out yourself. And, um, and so that's what I did. I kind of learned. I always liked being in real estate. I was, you know, I kind of was, I knew that I, I wanted a better life than what I had, right? Because I'm glad that I had that kind of life because I grew up very resilient and able to um, do things that many people that didn't grow up like I was, was able to do, right? It didn't matter to me. Yeah you know, what I had or didn't have, you know, I just knew to go out there and, 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 and hustle and make something better for myself. And that's kind of where I started from reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then the journey began. And I just, um, you know, I, even though I was homeless and in foster care, did drop out of high school, did go back and then got an education. Cause that's what they said you, you're supposed to do. You go to school and right. you get a job and you work until you're, you know, God knows what. So, you know, I did it that way and got it, you know, an MBA. And, um, and then I learned to become, you know, financially literate, um, independent of the educational system. So, which is pretty pathetic if you think about it. It doesn't teach you financial literacy (laughs) at all. Nope. It only yeah. teaches you how to go and um, and to get a job, and that's you know that's what it's designed for. It's designed to yeah. teach one how to get a job. So one cannot teach what they don't know themselves, right? So, well, first of all, I want to just praise you for what you were able to accomplish because I there are. Yes, you took that circumstance and you, you and it made you resilient and you learned to hustle. But there are a lot of people who have who grew up in the same situation who have not who did not end up where you are. And so there is something about you that really, um, you know, you, you were able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and and, and learn. And that's in, that's impressive and incredible. Um, but I, I think what's also great is that you you've learned, and as you're you're able to teach others, is that if you get the right lessons, then anyone can really can really do it. And so, what do you what do you consider financial literacy? How would you define define that? Yeah, and that's a really good question, Monique. And I get this many times: is what what do I consider to be financial literacy? And what I don't consider it to be is managing your checkbook, right? I mean, that is <laughs> far from it. <laughs> you know, that yep. is a, a just a component of it. What I what I actually considered to be financial literacy is understanding, you know, basic mathematics, understanding how taxes work, understanding how money works, understanding bonds and interest rates and economics. That's, you know, those are the basic big pieces and how all of it works together, right? That's kind of what I consider to be, you know, why is capitalism so important versus socialist, you know, know, beliefs? 
Um, and yeah. I, I'm a capitalist, a free markets person. I understand money in the monetary system and, you know, how it all works. That's what I consider financial literacy. Right. So it's a lot more than just being able to, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, if you're financially literate, you can manage your checkbook. You put a little bit into your savings account every month. Um, and you you don't have credit card debt. And that and it's so much more. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's. Um, but I think that's a good place to start. Is what what is the definition, right? And I don't. I, yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen it defined, nor if I looked. Um, I just know that I have my own um, view of when I talk to people or when I, you know, partner with people. I can typically tell how financial literate they are or are not, right? Yeah. And usually when they're financially illiterate, it's usually the worst problems ever. What do you mean by that? What's an example? Meaning um, they're, un, when, you know, when they're financially illiterate, they are not watching yeah. the same exterior forces that are in place. So as an example, you know, during the financial right before the financial collapse, for me, it was really obvious it was about to happen, right? But for 95% of society, they didn't know. Um, yeah. But all you needed to understand was basic supply and demand and economics and average incomes to support a, you know, a house note, right? You could tell we were in a bubble. Yeah. I mean, we're in a bubble right now, right? It's all it's yeah. actually a bigger bubble than what it was before. So, um you know, that's an example of that's all, that was all financial illiteracy, right? Yeah. And everything after the fact from, you know, the bailouts and, you know, the financial collapse and the bankruptcies and, you know, the people who say are not my president, you know, all of that is financial illiteracy, all of it. Right. Because if they understood what he what our president was trying to do and reduce taxes, they would say, "Oh my God, we want this as our president. He's freeing right. me, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, we are free at last." Right? But but nobody's saying that. That's financial illiteracy, you know, at its finest, right there. That's the present day. You know, everyone's looking to find Putin and where's the Russia connection instead of focusing on the most important thing, <clears throat> it has nothing to do with Putin. But you know they they've kept everybody uneducated, so it is what it is. Yeah. So, so let's let's go to um, you know before we get into because I, I want I do want to ask you more about your financial freedom formula and some steps to get out of the rat race. But before we do that, let's back up and I'd I'd love you to share your story about how you you. What? How you actually got started in real estate? I know you said you found the the purple book, the rich dad poor dad, which so many of us, uh, which guided so many of us into real estate. What did? You, what was your first real estate investment? And 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 share a little bit about you know how you started and where you are now with real estate. Yeah, no, I that's a good place to start. So my um my I was always always in the real estate. You know, even before the purple book I knew if you have never um if you've been homeless before then you always want to make sure that you're not and my answer to that was to own the land right 
And yeah. it was just a, it was an answer to the problem I was trying to solve. Is that the way to guarantee me not ever being homeless again is I better own it. <laughs> that, it was just very, it was literally that, you know, simple. So that was how I overcame the fear that I had of being homeless drove me to real estate. So that's how it happened. I didn't know much, you know, and I think I actually, I bought some land um, in California and that's, you know, that was my first purchase of real estate to be quite honest with you, which I still own today. Um, Just the land? Yeah, just the land. It was literally just some land um, and it was all I could afford at the time. I didn't have a lot of money and, you know, back then there wasn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really that savvy and there wasn't, remember this was pre-Google, there wasn't an internet where you can find out many things, right? And there wasn't a lot of loans and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I wasn't really sophisticated on how to even get a loan should there have been loans. So it was like, okay, well, I could, you know, afford this and the seller would finance me for the land. And it was just like, okay, you know, this is my first step. And I bought some land. So that was my first acquisition. Um, that was as that was the rationale behind it and why I did it. Um, I know more today, like we always know more later than what we did then. So I probably would have, you know, I would have done something different today than I did then. Um, but it worked and I still own it. And it's just a, you know, an asset on my balance sheet. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But, you know, as time got grew, you know, then I got, you know, I bought another place, you know, a, really a house in Los Angeles or um, Southern California, the Valley actually. And so, and then I, um, that was like my first real property. And I then um, rented it out. Um, like we all, many of us start with that one house or, you know, condo or whatever it is. And then we mm-hmm. lived there for a while and we rented out. And that was pretty much my first venture into something that was, um, had, a, had a building on it versus the land. Right. That's when you first started doing cash flowing property. Exactly. That was it. That was my first one. And then I, you know, rented it out. And I primarily rented it out not to, um, primarily because I wasn't, I used to work for a company called Ernst & Young, which is one of the big, at that time, six management consulting firms. So I was going all over the world and I was only coming back to Los Angeles like every weekend, right? So it was like, why am I yeah. coming back here? It makes no sense. So that's when I decided, well, I'll rent it out. I will either live in my corporate apartment, wherever that might be. And then when I come back into town, I could stay with, you know, friends, family, whomever. Um, yeah. And that's what I did. And so after, you know, a couple of years of doing that, um, I I was always very, you know, I was always like pretty savvy on real estate and markets and cycles. This was free. Um, for that, you know, this was in the mid nineties. Yeah. Right. So I, I always was looking at real estate because I always had an interest in it. You know, it was just kind of 
you know, I like the physicalness of it. I like the building of it. I like design. So I just always, and I, I understood, you know, markets and the economics of it all. So yeah. um, I stayed, you know, I kept looking at it. And then, you know, I was living all over the world. And then I came back. I, when I say I came back, I was actually living in Brazil. And I came back to the U.S. and bought a place. And then shortly thereafter, that's when I read the Little Purple book. And I said, oh, you know, I realized that I had at this time maybe, you know, two or three places um, that weren't generating, you know, I was not out of the rat race um, far yeah. from it. You know, I probably had a thousand dollars of, you know, cash flow a month. And yeah. I was at a firm working at this an amazing career and this beautiful house on the hill in the same area I live today. And um, I, I'm like, oh my God, if I ever lost my job, you know, I'll be out of, my house, right? Because I, yeah. I don't have sufficient income. I didn't, you know, I didn't understand that the house was not. A, like, I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, the difference between the asset and liability. Yeah, exactly. Yes, and that—that's the other piece of the biggest definition of financial literacy is knowing what that is, right? Yeah. Um, because many people confuse the two, or they buy, you know. They call they call a liability an asset like a house, right? Which I was yeah. guilty of myself back then. Um, and you know, not until I read that little purple book did I realize that a house is not an asset. So um, that's when I really began in earnest on my journey in pursuit of financial freedom, and you know, waited and kind of sold the house at the top of the market. Um, and then um, began my pursuit of financial freedom. Right. So um, I know you have a, a financial freedom formula cheat sheet, which is available. So if you click on the link under the podcast, you can you can access that. Um, Want to tell us a little bit about the financial freedom formula? Yeah. No. Um, so what I recognized um I want to say probably five years or so ago is that my you know I had a situation where I had no money yet I needed to make x amount of dollars in passive income so as an example if you need a hundred thousand dollars a year in passive income you need Mm -hmm. a million bucks earning ten percent right and so if you don't have either, you don't have a million bucks, nor do you have, you know, a, an ability to earn 10% on your money, what does one do, right? So after, you know, kind of understanding what to do and how to do this and understanding all of the, you know, principles of, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and many others, by the way, I said, you know, the real formula for high-income earners, which is what I was, I made a lot of money in corporate America on the left side of the quadrant. And I hope your listeners understand the four different ways in which money is earned. You know, you have the left side, which is an employee and self-employed, and the right side, which is a business owner and investor, right? Well, I understood that, you know, how I was earning 
income was being taxed at the highest rate. So for me to be, you know, if you're taxed at 50%, you know, which high income earners living in like high tax states such as California, New York, Maryland, Connecticut, D.C., et cetera, et cetera, you know, you're, you could be yeah. paying upwards of 50% between, you know, federal and state combined, right? So if that's the case, if you're paying 50% in taxes and then you're paying another, let's just say, on a lucky day, if you live in one of the lower cost states um, out of that list, Let's just say you're paying 30% in housing, which most people pay a higher percentage of that. So now you're at like 80%, right? You haven't bought food. You haven't bought insurance. um, You haven't done anything. So you're already at like 80%. So, you know, I kind of said to myself, well, why focus on, you know, saving a dollar for milk? Makes no sense. Let me focus on the biggest expense, (laughs) (laughs) which is tax. (laughs) yeah anyway um you know i'm kind of a big picture kind of person i i want to understand the 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 low-hanging fruit right let me go after that big thing once i conquer that then everything else falls into place yeah once i just save money on buying not buying a coffee every day (laughs) right yeah Yeah, that's like i'm gonna save on a latte Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It makes like that stuff makes little sense to me. Enjoy your life, buy your latte or whatever. That's what you like, you know, focus on reducing your biggest expense, which your tax, which is, you know, depending on how you make your money, it could be taxes. So the financial freedom formula really is about using debt, getting rich with debt is, which is what I do. Right. And then reducing your taxes. Right. So, those were the two kind of levers, 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 depending on how you yeah. pronounce it, that mm-hmm. enables you to get to the right side, right? So yeah. that's what the formula is about, is, you know, identifying what your wealth number is, meaning how long can you survive on your same standard of living if you were to lose your job today, right? Right. And you just need it to be infinite. Whatever that is, if it's five thousand bucks a month, ten thousand, twenty, it doesn't really matter. Everybody has a number, so just focus on building or buying sufficient assets. That's an asset is something that pays you and feeds you every month. That covers yeah. your monthly note, right? And um, it. and it's you. And how do you get the cash for that? Is by the savings via reducing your taxes. Right, because it's you know if you could get that tax rate down to like twenty percent, thirty percent, or whatever, that is money now that you have in order to use to invest. Yeah. So that's the financial freedom formula coupled with debt. So the other side of that equation is, and this is one thing I really want your listeners to understand, and what shock what is really shocking to me is how many people have not gotten filthy rich with free money right money has been free for a decade seriously it has everything obama cheap to get that yeah yeah i mean ever since obama went into the office the financial collapse happened so interest rates went down to zero that was 
you know, a little over eight years ago, and money's been free for almost a decade. So if you can't do it with free money, I don't know when you can, right? It's just that simple. Yeah. So instead of... I just talked to a... Go ahead. No, I was just saying I was talking to a a real estate investor goddess yesterday, somebody I was mentoring, and she was saying, yeah, you know, my goal is to buy this property um, with, you know, 100% cash. I was like, why? (laughs) You can get money from the bank for almost nothing. Why wouldn't you want to use debt? Uh, But there's this, you know, a lot of people have this myth around debt. Like, oh, debt is bad. I want to have no debt. Like, well, not necessarily. Debt can be really useful if you can use debt to build wealth. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's, you know, that's kind of the financial literacy I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I mean, who would say money is 0%? I mean, it makes no sense. But people keep repeating the same thing that they hear on TV. Save your money and get yeah. out of debt and go to school, right? So if you keep repeating the same stuff without thinking about the meaning of it and does it really make sense when they're paying me zero percent of my money, um, and I'm and inflation, even if you believe what the government is saying is three percent, even though I would argue it's higher. But let's just say you believe it, then you're already losing money. Yeah, um, right. That's the financial illiteracy that I'm talking about. That is prevalent across the entire world, right? Because that's well, very, that's very simple. So good. So people, you, you guys, you know, we're, our, our time is running low, but you, you, this has been so good. Uh, definitely download the, the financial freedom formula cheat sheet, which is, um, which is free. And, and then check out Gina's book, Escape the Madness, the 10 steps to get out of the rat race. So that you too can be financially literate and and learn the tools that get you um, to get you out of the rat race, so that you can you can work or not work, but you're you're getting passive income every month enough to maintain your lifestyle, which is which should be everybody's goal, I think. Um, well, thank you, Gina. That's been amazing. Oh, you're welcome. So before we we leave, I always like to um, get a trinity from our guests. So a trinity is a it's a brag or you know something you're celebrating right now. It is a gratitude, something you're grateful for, and a desire. So what are you? What's one thing you're celebrating right now? What's a brag you've got for us? Well, I could not get off this podcast without bragging about me being out of the rat race at a very young age. Um, so I, that's my, that's my, um, my brag point, my Trinity. So well bragged. That is awesome. And, you know, especially given where you came from, kudos, beautiful brag. Awesome. Thank so you. what is uh, what are you grateful for? Um, I'm, I'm actually pretty grateful for my background of growing up the way that I did because I am able to see things that many people aren't, and it is because of how I grew up, right? I'm very, yeah. very grateful for growing up in foster care or homeless or, you know, the, the, not, the not so kind of conventional way. <laughs> yeah. Because it's given me tools that I'm realizing many people don't have. 
So good. So I love that. Grateful for that. Yeah. Yes. Oh. And what I, what do you desire? I desire two things. One is everyone becomes financially literate. That's my first desire. And Amen. I desire that our president becomes successful in implementing all of his policies that will help make America great again by freeing the people. Because it's the most important thing is once you are able to keep more of your money, you might be able to achieve financial freedom. And he's letting people off the plantation if they so choose to leave it. So I hope our president is successful. So may your desires be or better than you can imagine. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Gina. Well, thank you so so much for having me here. It's been my pleasure. And I hope everyone received a lot of value. Yes, I'm sure they will. Super inspiring story. Again, check out her, um, the financial freedom formula and the, uh, and her passive income advisors group and, and check and get the book, escape the madness, the 10 steps to get out of the rat race. Um, so that's our show for this week. As always, keep it easy, keep it pleasurable, and catch us at the real estate investor goddesses.com for more info for our blog and and get ready to get my new book, The Real Estate Investor Goddess Handbook. It is done. Yay! I'm so excited. That's my brag. <laughs> so um that will be that'll be coming soon. All right, have a great week everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.